weird. Dude, you are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That <laughs> family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in a box together in our underwear. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Dell Jr. Download. We're in the Bojangle studio and I'm here with my co-host Mike Davis. Mike, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good. Good. All right. You ready to get this started, Mike? I can't wait. There's right. a lot I want to ask you about your weekend. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it was a good weekend, I thought, but let's go over it. Um, right. So we had a race uh, in the Xfinity Series, my second race this year, ran Bristol, and uh, had a lot of fun at Bristol. Um, didn't get the result we wanted. Had a top five car, maybe a winning car even, and... Uh, Ended up having a bad result, but go to Homestead. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I like that racetrack. I kind of get to pick and choose, for the most part, where I want to run. I was looking forward to it. We tested in uh, the simulator. I wasn't sure about the sim and, and what I was, you know, what I was feeling in the sim, so I wasn't sure if we were going to be great or whatever. Um, I didn't feel quite as prepared as I did at Bristol. At Bristol, the sim is spot on. Mm. When I got in the car for practice, it's like, oh man, this is I'm I'm all you know the sim and what I'm feeling in this car and how it's driving, what I'm seeing, all really matches up well. But at Homestead, it didn't. Uh, the sim drove funky, really really loose off throttle, then gas it up and push and plow. And um, when you run the wall in the sim, right, you're trying to go up there and learn how to run the wall and get used to doing that. If you bump the wall, there's no sound. There's no scraping noise. There's no nothing that lets you know that the car is now hitting the wall in the sim, right? So with all that, it's like, all right, what the hell? What's this? You know, it's a freaking millions of dollars spent on this sim, and it doesn't even make a noise when you hit, when the, you wall. hit the wall. Yeah. It feels it's important. Like that seems like a $5 part, right? It feels like a detail that they would not want to miss. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, these sims are insane. Yeah. Like, you, they're in giant rooms, and there's wires and cables everywhere, and it's up on this giant million-dollar platform, and it's a full car almost, right? Roof opens up, and you climb in. The whole interior is just like the one in your race car. And when you hit the wall, it don't make a sound. <laughs> so anyways, I, uh, I wasn't sure about, you know, what I was learning in the sim. I will say, after the race, after having run the race, the way the car drove on the final stage is exactly the way it drove in the sim. All right, so All right? there's that. Yes. So I ran the sim. This is a good a good lesson for not only me, but a lot of a lot of other guys, or especially younger guys that use the sim a lot. I think a lot of the young guys that go in the sim, they go in there and they're like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna, uh, this is a tool. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to run and use this tool." But then some guys, after running it throughout the year, start to get get disenchanted with it quite a bit. Mm. You know, and they sort of, they go, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. You know, what I learn, you know, I, 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 I think I can use it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to really guarantee it's going to work at the track. And a lot of things maybe I won't or throw away, you know, that I'm not even going to try to track. But I'll be honest, I, I was running it at the, and, and the, black, the fact that it didn't make a noise when you hit the wall really 
disenchanted me with changed the, everything yeah, it's it? like i was like oh man you know all right well it's it's wrecking loose in tight on gas i don't think the car is really going to drive this way a lot of things seem exaggerated but then when i got in there in the race and i'm sitting there running along with about 50 laps to go i'm like you know what that sim was pretty close okay. um so i'll say that we get to the racetrack and i'm just gonna you you know this is coming mike but and everybody around me sees it at the track i'm I'm nervous as Yeah. I'm nervous as hell. I can't fix that. Right, okay. I, you know, Taylor Moyer, crew chief for the eight car, he comes up to me before practice, and he's like, dude, you got this. Like, out of nowhere, just start shouting at me. And I'm like, it must be written all over my face. Of course it is. Right? Yes. How is, I mean, I see pictures of me before I get in the car for practice. I don't see massive worry and concern on my face. What are you seeing? Uh, it unlike the sim, you do make sounds. <laughs> Whatever. And that's the part. That's the tell. Yeah. You, when you're when you're talking about, I'm a nervous. Yeah. That you don't take with a grain of salt. You're really nervous. I know, but I'm standing there getting ready to get in the car. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just standing there, right? And I got this sort of, you know, best you know resting look resting nervous face nah, i guess <laughs> that's no that might be what it is well you i look at that. i see pictures of me that were taken that day before i get in the car and i don't see it i don't see nervousness i don't see anxiety but taylor walks up and he's like you got this man i'm like wait what you, you could tell and uh but anyways man i was nervous as hell yeah getting ready to get in this car 20 minutes of practice. We're going to practice 15 minutes, stop early, because we have to go out first in qualifying, which is 10 minutes after practice. Didn't that happen at Bristol, too? Yes. God, what is the deal? I hate it. I know. So we get in there. I get in the car, and I'm, I go out there to practice. Okay, right away, uh, practice is going okay. You know, no major wicked problems with the car. The car's not doing something crazy. Um, I... I was looser than I wanted to be. They tell me they're like, "Hey man, you're ninth on the board." I'm like, "That's great! Wow! Right off the right off right off right out on right out onto the racetrack, you're going to run your fastest lap on lap one, and then right. you're slowing down. Everybody is. So if you don't nail that first lap, if it's a slow lap, you're not going to be able to improve it. And so I was like, "Man, I got my I got a top ten lap out of the gate. Awesome. We're good. We're going to be fine." But then as we ran 10 minutes, 15 minutes into practice, I'm trying to run the wall, and it's loose as hell up there. And they're like, you're going to be fine. It's going to get better over the long run. It's going to come in. It's going to flip a switch. You're going to be hauling ass. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think we need to be a little bit tighter. Just, just think we need to touch tighter balance. So we talked about that. Well, I come down pit road. Stop. I stop five minutes early, right? And then we're going to have a 10-minute break. So as soon as I'm coming down pit road to pull into my stall, there's 15 minutes before I've got to go qualify. So I get down there, and I get out of the car. And right away, I realized, man, that I was, like, uh, tired. I had, I was exhausted. And I was like, damn, dude, was I holding my breath? What the hell? I'm, I'm like, 15 minutes of practice, and I'm wore out. I'm, like, like I'm, uh, I'm not, like, uh breathing hard or anything it's not like i ran a 40 yard dash but i felt a bit overheated hmm. um it was it was uh, i was a little taken aback by that because you know it was just 15 minutes of running around homesteads Br nothing, bristol right? was fine bristol all of bristol was fine none of bristol was hard physically none of the race nothing 
And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna, I better freaking relax. When I get in that car for the race, I better not get too amped up and too too wide open, you know, too crazy. I better pace myself physically right inside the car, driving it, you know. You'll grip the wheel really hard for no reason. Every time we go to Atlanta and practice, you pull off the track after the first run, and your hands were killing you because you were gripping the wheel so hard. Right. You didn't know you were. Right, right. And um, because, dude, it's white knuckle. Yeah. That's what white knuckle means. Yeah. So I was doing a little bit of that probably. I'm, I feel, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm like – Latart loves to say drinking through a fire hose. Like, I mean, so much is coming at me and I'm trying to process so much while I'm driving the car and, and just really a lot of anxiety and nerves. And it was just a bunch, but anyways, so we stop. I get out. We're talking about the car. I'm trying to tell, uh, my crew about the balance and this and that and other. And they're like, okay, got it, cool. All right, we're going to get it ready for qualifying. They, they're they like, you know, they're doing whatever they do, cooling it down, stuff like that, changing the tires. And then, uh, man, I've been standing there like five minutes, and they're like, you got to get back in. You got to go qualify. We got to start rolling it up here. I'm like, okay. So we're pushing the car out of our stall, and we go about 15 feet down pit road, and it, we're now at the end the first car and i look back down pit road and here comes the rest of the field pushing their cars up to get in line for qualifying their drivers are in buckled up helmet on <laughs> i'm like holy shit, it, i gotta get in the guy the the officials standing there they're not saying a word to me wow it almost feels like first day of school where I you're, know you're, it. You, nobody's telling you anything Nothing. and you're supposed to figure this out yeah i've got anxiety right now just knowing what that must be like that they're all buckled in strapped in that's not a quick process either yeah I'm okay like, i'm like hey nascar official <laughs> how much time we got here he's like oh five, four or five minutes we got four minutes five minutes i was like okay i better start getting in so i start buckling up i, I climb i put my helmet on i climb in i'm starting to get i ain't done i ain't i ain't been trying to get in this car two minutes and they're like one minute holy crap no way, i'm buckling man. my belt and and trying to put my hans on i'm trying to put my gloves on and the and the officials saying crank it up time oh to go God. time to go buddy crank it up i'm like this is unsafe this is totally unsafe this don't <laughs> this nothing about this feels good no and so i'm like i ain't going out there until my stuff is ready i ain't going out there until i feel like i've got <laughs> My stuff on my belts, uh, my gloves right, everything right. I'm gonna make. I ain't driving off pit road unless I got my wheel indexed. All that stuff's good. I'm not. I'm not. This can't. This can't be done halfway, right? Mm-hmm. I got to have it all right to try to make this race. I don't get to uh, provisional, or, and I ain't locked in on points. So they're they're like, come on, come on, come on. So I pull off pit road probably about a minute and a half to you know after I was supposed to okay no penalty all right so i pull off pit road up onto the racetrack and headed down the back straightaway and we had worked in the sim watched tape last year from qualifying and we made up our mind where we were going to run we we don't get to watch the rest of the field run to see you know what we think is best and then decide we've got to just make a choice and we're going to go out there and run that line there's a lot of different ways you can do it, Mike. You can run the bottom on both ends. You can run the bottom one and two, top of three and four. That's that's traditionally what a lot of guys are going to do. So I decided, you know, we're going to run the bottom on one and two. Basically, 
I'm going to haul ass off pit road, get up through the gears as fast as I can, and I'm going to drive the car as hard as I can through three and four to sort of understand the balance. Right. Cause you, Learn you, what you can. You made a little bit of a change <laughs> yeah. there, and you're but, hopefully a little tighter. But I got to exit fast, so I can't screw up in three and four. I can't go in there and, and right. goof it up and go, okay, okay, well, I learned that. Now let's get going. Right. I've got to accelerate off of the turn four to the green flag so that I have a good start to my lap. So I'm coming down the front straightaway. I don't think I did a really awesome job at that. But I'm coming down the front straightaway, and when I get the green flag, I'm probably not going as well as as the top ten guys were. And now I'm going to drive it into turn one. I don't know where I'm going to lift. I'm just going to go until it feels right. Okay? And I'm going to point it down into the bottom and try to aim for the bottom of the racetrack. And it may stay there, but it may slide. I don't know. And I'm just going to drive it down in there and deep as I probably can lift and see if it'll stay on the bottom. And if it doesn't, I'm just going to slide all the way up to the wall through the rest of the corner. Okay. Right? Whatever happens, happens. So I kind of drove it in there fine looking at the SMT data. My entry wasn't bad at all. Um, I didn't overdo it. I didn't really underdo it. But I was way late back to the gas. Okay. All right. And that's just not having any time in the car, not trusting the rear of the car, knowing exactly. Knowing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm late to the gas. We get off the corner, go down the back straightaway. I feel pretty good about one and two. I'm like, all right, man, that wasn't too bad. We just need to do a decent job down here in three and four. We haul off into three and four, and thought I got through the middle of the corner pretty good, but again, I get to the gas late, judging by the SMT data. And I finish the corner, and we come down, and I run an 89 or something like that. Well, that would have been top 10 last year. So I'm like, oh, man, heck yeah. Not a bad lap at all. Top top 10 maybe. Um, the fact that you even knew what times were top 10 times last year is amazing to me. Because typically That's you unusual. Could, yeah, you make a point to say, I don't know what top time, what I'm times on, do. I'm like, okay, y'all, hey. They're like, some uh, My spotter, Joey, he's like tells me the lap time. I'm like, well, that seems pretty good, I think. Silence. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, hey. Uh, that that was like top 10 lap last time. What y'all think? Y'all think that's going to be good enough? That's going to be pretty good. Nothing. So I'm cruising around, and I mean, I mean, this is really the moment where I really want to know some information. Like, I'm on pins and needles. I've been waiting all week to learn how, I was, how good or how well I was going to qualify into this field. And so I'm rolling around, and I'm, I'm like, Joey, do you have any he's – like, he's like, they're trying to get on the radio – they're they're trying to get on they're i don't know what jason and the crew were doing but they're talking amongst themselves right and they're not talking to me and he's like they're they're trying to come to you they're trying to get to you i'm like well joey do you know anything do you know you know, do you know if that'll be any good of course they don't i mean i'm the first car out so uh but boy i wanted some information so i come down pit road i get out and i'm like all right <laughs> watched a few cars qualify um Newman ran really good in that 66. It's an old, I think, an old Penske car with a Yates motor. They had a really good package put together for him. Unfortunately, he burnt the rear gear up, and I was excited to see how Newman was going to do. Um, I'd like to see Newman in some more Xfinity races, quite honestly. But uh, Weatherman goes out, and he's always going to overachieve and qualifying and do a great job. He runs like a 58, and I was like, all right, damn, okay, maybe we're not mm. going to run top 10. I mean, nothing against Weatherman, but he mm. ran a 58. Then the 25 goes out. And runs a flat. I'm like, holy shit. you know. So then I said, okay, we're going to be about 23rd. <clears throat> That's where we ended up. So wow. <clears throat> I was disappointed. Now, 
I was thrilled that I didn't, you know, that I made the race. I didn't screw up real royally bad. But I was a little disappointed with 23rd. I had my family there, uh, Amy and the girls, uh, at the bus and, and enjoyed being around them. There's this cool little pond inside the racetrack, and they put this little beach feature over there, brought in a bunch of sand, so the girls got to hang around and do that. They really loved it. Um, so that was kind of nice because there's really not much else going on around Homestead for the family to go do or leave the track. There's not rest. I don't Homestead, know. Yeah, yeah. It's not kinda, Miami. Yeah. And so we're kind of stuck at the track, and with that little beach thing they got going on, that was kind of nice. So kudos to Homestead for having that. Um, I, I'm still hung up on something. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't get past it. I'm I'm trying to listen Go. to you, and I realize no. I feel like going back to the trying to get into the car for qualifying. The NASCAR official doesn't owe you anything, or is not obligated to tell you. But the team could have done a lot more. Is that something that we can talk about in the Monday morning team team meeting? That I, the hey, team, nope, the no, team, nope. The team meeting happened. That did not get discussed. Um, I had the team meeting before I came in here. Uh, it ain't. They're also drinking through a fire hose, right? Okay. They, we had to quit early in practice to allow them the time to get the car ready, cooled off, new tires on it, everything changed that needs to happen. They got to tighten it up, put wedge in, drop track bar, all those things. So they're not, you know, they're busy. They're not, they're not coddling and holding my hand. I think it would have been good for me to have understood the situation a little more clear, but how would I have supposed to know? You know, you're running your second race in the entire year. Going out first. You're I, going out first. Somebody just, could have done you a solid. I just didn't know, but so I I, I know it you're being really humble. really freaking made me nervous. It's it it bothers me, yeah. I've, and I'm learning that about myself but, at this moment that yeah. somebody could have done you a solid and just say, hey, well, just fine. so you know, this is going to go quick. Well, we made it. But you, you made it, but you also could have been penalized too, and that could have been. I mean, like, you went a minute and a half after. I think you have the, a five-minute clock. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I think you're okay. O- you're okay. All right. Um, I'm, and, now, I'm now ready to go talk about the beach. <laughs> all right. The man-made beach. No, it's, that's all we're going to say about that beach. Um, we got to start on these scuffed tires that we qualified on. You can't start on stickers. In, in, the, in the Xfinity Series, you got to start on the, car, the tires you qualified on. So um, when the race began, I was really surprised at how fast our car took off. And we drove up to like 15th in six laps. I was like, man, this is awesome. We're going to run great today. And right at that moment when I had that thought, all the grip left the car. Mm. And I was now a 15th place car, maintaining with the cars around me. No longer feeling like I had an advantage on the people around me. I was just kind of sitting there, only able to run what they were able to run. And if I tried to get more, I lost ground to them. I was fighting a loose condition, and we made an adjustment to the car at the end of stage one. I'm sitting there at the end of stage one going, damn it, you know, we're running 15th or 13th or whatever. This is this is not good enough. Got to do better. I want more. I want, I want a top 10. I should finish top 10. Anything less, I'll be disappointed. And so stage two, I was, I was loose. I said, man, I'm, I'm free. They had in the notes, do not tighten it up if he says he's loose. Because we're starting on those scuffs. You just can't trust what the scuff tires are going to do. Makes sense. They got it in the notes. We talked about it at the sim. We're not going to make that adjustment. We're just going to we're going to put new tires on it for stage two and go. But I complained and complained, and they tightened it. Oh, they gave in. And so when we started stage two, I was tight, too tight. I was pushing through the middle of one and two and three and four. And so now I've, I've made this adjustment that I shouldn't have made, asked for it, got it, and we're still just maintaining. Mm. 
We're sitting there in 15th, not going anywhere. Maybe even struggling more than we did in stage one. And so, you know, I'm I'm getting even more. Uh, uh, I'm getting even. I'm get. I guess the only word I can say is sad. I'm starting to get a little sad. Okay. Right, because I want to run top ten, and I'm getting. That's getting further out of my reach. Right, and so finally, you know, the end of stage two, we come down pit road. They're like, "Hey, we know what we need to do. We're going to undo what we did. We're going to undo what you asked for, and then move, we're going to go a little further. We're going to free the free the car way up." So we fire off or, uh, stage three, and I think I drove up into like ninth or eighth. And I'm like, all right, this is more like it. I got something. Yeah. Yeah. So we now got that front speed, front, front 15 lap speed back, so where we can drive forward. But we're still sort of flatlining at about lap 15 or 20 and just sort of maintaining. So that, I think, is inherent in the race car. I don't believe we were going to fix that. In my mind, after the race is over with, I think it's a fourth or fifth place race car at best um, without all of the issues that the other drivers had. I believe we're going to run eighth or ninth mm-hmm. at best. I watched the race from last year and I'm watching those guys and they are, you know, they everybody that got into the fence flattened the right rear tire and had to come down pit road and put a tire on. And that puts you behind on tires and you're out of the race. Like your race is over. Right. And so I told myself all week, I was like, whatever I do, I'm not going to uh, <clears throat> hit the wall and flatten the right rear tire. So that means I got to take less risks with the wall and running against it. And so I'm sitting there running stage one, stage two, and starting stage three, and I'm like, all right, I've done a good job, but eventually I got to, I do got to get up there and, and really test it. I do got to get up there and really push it and take the risks in this final stage. And man, not many people have made that mistake today. I was expecting a lot more problems and drivers having problems hitting the wall and, and knocking their right rear tire off. But it wasn't happening, so we weren't gaining track position through attrition and things like that. The 16 and those guys wrecked on the back straightaway. That was a few spots we gained. We got lucky getting around that wreck. Um, and then in that third stage, you know, you don't know who's doing it. You don't know when it's happening, but some guys are starting to make that mistake. The double zero, the two, um, the two made that mistake last year. And so, you know, some drivers are just starting to disappear from the lineup in front of you. You know, you're you're out on the racetrack, you're cycling through pit stops, and you just no longer see the same cars anymore, and you don't know why. But you start to, you know, you learn afterwards that they had issues. That all gave us this track position to get ourselves up into that top top six. Now, restarting six, restarting six multiple times. And so, you know, I think, we weren't as good as the top three. Um, we might have been able to run with the 21 at, ter- at certain, you know, if we had another adjustment or two to race for fourth. But fifth, I think, is about where we should have finished. And um, so I was really happy that we got the the result, the best result, I think, possible. Yeah. Compared to how things went at Bristol when we had a car that I think might have could have won the race and we got, like, no result whatsoever. Right. Um, I'm a big stats guy. I think it matters to me. 10, 15 years from now, when I look back on these final few races that I'm running, that they're top fives, that they're they're reasonable finishes and where I should have finished. That'll matter to me. Probably won't matter to anybody else. Anyways, you know, the big thing is the Josh Berry deal. Let's talk about that. I know everybody wants to talk about it. It's fine. 
For, we got to, like what happened is all right. Yeah, yeah. So um, the restart before somebody jumped on my outside and it cost me a few spots. Right. So we we're going we get we're going down the front straightaway, get to the restart zone, gas up. I'm following the person in front of me, and I left the lane on the outside and somebody jumped out there mm-hmm. and I was like, damn it, I know better than that. And so the next restart, we had a quick yellow and then we had another restart. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shade toward the wall. So we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop somebody from being able to jump out there. So I might even jump out there, you know, go off into turn one and jump to that third groove. So restart happens, and I'm shading toward the wall, keeping anybody from being able to jump to my outside once we get past the start finish line. I start heading off into turn one, and uh, and the. The cars in front of me were really going pretty well, so I didn't think about, you know, I didn't think, all right, I'm going to jump that third groove and make a lot of ground on them. I'm just going to stay in line right here. I got a pretty good distance between me and the car in front of me, so I got pretty good air on the nose. I'm not going to lose the nose or lose the balance of the car. And right in the middle of the corner, um, Joey is spotting for me, and he's just got a different lingo than than what I've been used to. I've been listening to TJ for how many years, right? Right. Joey's lingo is different. It's not wrong. Uh, no one way is better, but it's just different. And so he's hollering three wide middle, eight car outside. I'm not sure exactly the, the, the absolute, you know, verbiage that he used, but as he's talking in my mind, what I'm thinking is happening is the eight cars coming through the middle. Uh. And so, you know, Joey did not say that, but what I heard was you know what i'm computing in my mind is that the eight cars in the middle and i got loose and that further ingrained in my brain that somebody was on my left rear quarter panel Mm -hmm. right somebody drove up into the in between me and the car on the inside of me because the car sort of i I felt like i got arrow loose by by the nose of another car coming quite close to my left rear quarter panel. Which this you're assuming is Josh did, in the in the moment, in the moment instantly. Right. Yeah, yeah right. this did not. That's not what was happening. Right. Josh is on my outside. Right. I don't know it. Right. Right. And so when I got loose, I'm like, well, I got plenty of room to the wall. I don't even have to lift. I'm gonna just straighten this thing up, jump up a lane, and go. And as soon as I corrected to the right, I drove into Josh hard. Mm. Right. Really hard. Knocked a left rear tire off his car ruin his day um and so i thought i'd flatten my right rear i I thought for sure as hard as we'd hit we'd we'd hurt we'd knocked a right rear tire off our car which then that was going to be the end of our day we didn't have another new set of tires to put on so we'd had to put on a used tire and run and you know run probably 18th or 20th did you guys try to troubleshoot what happened like when that moment happened did you go to joey on the radio and be like what the hell I you know, did. Yeah. I went to jo- I went to Joey and said, "Man, I didn't hear what you were telling me. I heard something different." And um I look, man, I mean, it's it was my fault. It's it's it, it, you know, Joey uh just has a different lingo and a different way of telling you what is going on around you and it just was hard for me uh to process in such a very quick moment. Yeah, it, and it really makes me appreciate the chemistry between a driver and a spotter and why it's important. Yeah. because And, and chemistry may be, not even be the right word, but you bring up an, a very good point, and that's that when you're 
you know, we, we, we joke about the spotters always like, you know, being overpaid and they think they're way more valuable than they are, but they really are super valuable. And then when you don't have your guy that you're used to, little things like that can happen, right? Look, Joey's my guy. You know, he's the one I picked. I, he's he's uh he's got some great experience and he's really good at it. Yeah, he's a great spotter. I just need to understand his lingo and sure. This is a you know this is what drivers and spotters do, man. They'll sit down after a race and go, hey, you know what? I'd like to hear this, or can we can we just? You don't even need to tell me this. This is not important to me. This is more helpful. Um, and so we should probably do that because I think you know, you know, I think Joe's a great spotter. TJ, my usual spotter, spots for Josh. I wasn't going to take that away from Josh. Sure. For my races, that would be selfish. So um, I take the I take all the responsibility for it. It's you know not being in the car every week. You lack self awareness. You lack you're you're not as mentally sharp. There are a million things happening around and inside that race car in that moment, and it's overwhelming. And I got over you know I, it was too much for me in that very moment. You know if, if I I think if I'm racing every single week and I'm seasoned and mentally sharp, right. I know where Josh is. 100%. Even when Joey's telling me I already know Josh is out there. Right. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, I was that guy for that moment where, you know, you, you got a guy out there not, not running every week and, and kind of stepped on it for and a minute. I, I hated it for you because I know that that's like your biggest fear, right? Like you don't want to affect other people's races no. when you go do these races, and you certainly don't want to, re- you know, yeah. impact your own guys. And I hoped I was really nervous in your post race because I didn't know if you were going to be real, real hard on yourself, and and because I knew that that was your biggest yeah. fear. Well, listen, I mean, I while I while I definitely regretted that it happened it is uh something that I it's at the top of my list when I go run these races I don't want to affect another driver's event and certainly don't want to affect their season but I also am not uh also know what's possible right sure you're gonna race up you're gonna race up in there you're gonna have some potential moments where you're gonna get collected or be part of a problem right or create a problem um I could sit back there in 20th and not do nothing wrong but not race for what the car could possibly do, right? If I'm going to try to get up there and do what the car can do and what I can do, I've eventually got to put myself in some dare, in some compromising situations. Yes. You have to. Got to race. Yeah. Um but anyways, that's just, you know, that wasn't really what that was. That was just a mistake on my part. But anyways, uh luckily the car was fine. Unfortunate for Josh, it was his wasn't. He doesn't get to finish. Um, we don't have the flat. We get going on the restart. I picked the top again. I kept picking the top because I thought that was really going to be where I wanted to be. But um, especially wondering about that right rear tire, whether it was flat or not, or going flat, or whether it was damaged, what, whatever might be wrong with the car. I wanted that outside groove, so if there was a problem, I could just slide up into the wall and get out of the way. Uh, I didn't want to be on the bottom and have an issue and slide up through the field, right? Everybody having to dodge me. So... Um, anyways, we fire off into the corner on that restart after the re- after the wreck with the eight. Everything's good. Uh, gained a few spots back that I'd lost. Um, settled in in fifth in front of Hemrick uh, behind the 21. Matched the 21 there for a while. Um, got down to about 20, 15 to go. And um, just kind of lost the grip on the car. Just lost balance on the car. Uh, felt like that I could hold off Hemrick. Uh, but wasn't going to run that 21 down, so we settled in for for the finish and, and brought it home fifth. I was really happy with that. 
Uh, I watched Sam. I could see Sam up there racing. Um, he did an amazing job winning at Homestead. He's done a really good job over the last several weeks being smart. He's made some big gains um, in terms of mistakes and limiting mistakes. And now he's got, uh, you know, four wins in the last 12 races. Pretty impressive. So, yeah, so he's going to uh, Phoenix. Now we're going to go to Martinsville and try to focus on getting that seven car through. Yeah. Um, trying to give Justin the best opportunity he can. Because I think Justin's uh, – Justin, I told Sam after the race, I said, Sam, you can go win you a championship. You know, people are surprised. People are, you know, people are taken aback by your win today and that you've got yourself into that opportunity to race for a title. But you can absolutely go to Phoenix and do it. Um, so have that confidence. And I think if we can get the seven in that final four as well, um, he too is in, I think, one of his best positions to win a championship. Um, they've had great speed all year. They've been lacking a little bit here lately, but I'm not that concerned. Phoenix is a track that Justin knows really well and runs well. So I'm, I would, and I would love to have 50%, right? Right. Two of the four. Right. That would be really cool. Right now, Justin's minus three uh, to the cut line. He's got um, Cole Custer and Austin Hill both at plus three in front of him. John Hunter's at plus 44. He's he's through. Feels like it. Yeah, he's through. Yeah. Um, and Austin Hill, he's our guest this week. That's going to be interesting because yeah. Austin Hill's our guest this week. And, you know, like between Custer Hill and Algar, they're racing for these two of these spots yeah. here. So that'll be a fun conversation that we have with him. Uh, uh, if I can ask, like, when did you first talk to Barry? Uh, like right. When- so this is funny, man. I get out of the car. So I, I get out of the car at the end of the race, man, and I was whooped. I uh, imagine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just – I had pneumonia a week ago, and I think I'm still, like, a little bit um, trying to get over that. Uh, I feel fine, but to go out there and run that race, I think I was um, a little um, naive to think that I wasn't going to be bothered. But um, So I get out of the car, and I'm like, uh, they were wanting to do the interviews right there next car. I was like, y'all, I just really want to go sit down on pit wall for a minute. So I'm going to go over there and sit down and catch my breath and um, – so I do the do the interviews and get done with all that. And then uh I don't know, I was going to I was like I'm going to go talk to Josh right now. So I leave the pit road and I go back to the eight hauler. Josh is gone. He's already headed to the plane. He's ready to go home. I don't get to talk to Josh. I saw his crew chief Taylor and and all the guys there uh with the nine crew and a couple of the teams they're loading up. Talk to them for a second. Next thing I need to do is go back to the bus and say bye to Amy and the girls. They're going home. Mm-hmm. They're not going to stay and right. hang around for broadcasting day, right? They're going to the house. So I am go all the way to the other side of the racetrack over to the bus. I get there. They're gone. Oh, wow. They're five miles down the road, already headed to the airport. Left me a nice note, right? So I was a little heartbroken. I didn't physically get to give them a hug. Yeah. But Amy is – the girls – Amy has it in her mind, like, if I leave now, we'll get on the plane. We're going to get home at X hour. The girls will get to bed on time. Girls, the the girls' uh, protocol, their, 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 their routine. Their schedules, right. Is top priority at I all agree. times. <laughs> of course. Yes. yes. I, I'm selfish. I wanted to see them. Sure. I wanted to give everybody a hug, say bye. What did you think of my race, you know? I wanted to ask Isla 
right. specifically. Like, hey, did you watch me race? Especially after her reaction to Bristol. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I wanted to know. She's right? into it now. Because the next day, she's like, I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah, right. right. I don't care. <laughs> um, so, so I was a little brokenhearted. But anyhow, I talked to Amy in there. And it's all good. So, uh, and Amy left me in a little note. Okay. She's so good at that, right? Open the drawer to, go, to get my toothbrush out to brush my teeth. There it is. Oh, nice okay. Nice. Note. Yeah. So, um, no, no Josh. No, no Amy. No Amy. <laughs> You're kind of alone. <laughs> and then I called Sam, and they're done with Victory Lane, and they're wow. going through tech. I hear, them, I hear Sam's next to the car tools going off, and they're taking the car apart for tech and all that. So I talked to Sam for a while. And I was like, man, all right, I guess I'm just going to sit here by myself. Well, at some point you did an interview. So you did get – did they get you on uh, – I called from the bus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So when did you talk to Josh? I called him on the phone. Okay. Before he got uh, on the airplane okay. to take off. And – He's like, man, I know. I know what happened. It's no, no big deal. He's fine. Okay. I mean, his – the thing with Josh, man, is – I'll be honest. Um – their season's been terrible. Yeah. Right? Uh, we thought at the beginning of the year that we had everybody, all four teams, in a good place to go out and do well. Uh, and then when the season started, our cars weren't good enough across the board, right? And the That's teams right. worked hard and found speed. And that and, and the eight teams, no different. Remember, they go out to Pocono and out-qualify the field by three-tenths and should have won that race. And um. Josh has been a bit overwhelmed at times during the year due to the, you know, working, helping the nine team and driving the 42 car and getting his four deal, you know, the four car deal, all of those things. I mean, this kid uh, doesn't come from a, you know, big racing lineage. He doesn't have this, he doesn't have this memory or this history or watching his family sort of go through this process. All this is coming at him brand new yeah it's it's big and it's heavy and it's and it's a lot right he's got a young daughter and a young family and they're all you know all this change is happening and they're trying to make sense of it right and make the right choices for themselves and he's really got very limited guidance right i mean he can talk to me he talks to lw a lot i think there's certainly other people that he leans on Harvick's become a great mentor or friend over the last year. Um, Rodney is becoming a bitter, bigger part of his life. But I'll just say, man, it's been a lot this year. And, you know, our idea of their team and what they could become, the eight team, didn't work out. Right. You know? And so, um, you know, it just hasn't bared any fruit. And so, you know, I think um, – I'm hoping these last couple of weeks will be good for Josh, so he can finish the year on a on a you know in a reasonably good mood over you know the results because the results drive our attitudes and you know you know how that is. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm looking forward to him leaving the roost, right? And flying. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm looking forward to him moving on and find. You know, we've been sitting here sort of like anticipating like man i can't wait till next year i've been all year long as much as i've wanted josh to do well this year i've actually been more anticipating next season right 
I understand right? that. I'm and that Josh, doesn't mean anything bad, right? I mean, no, that, that's a I'm good a thing. I'm a Josh Berry fan. That's a compliment, yes. Yeah. I'm like a Josh Berry fan. Maybe that's not the way I should look at it, but I can't help it. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the cup car, and I can't wait for him to go ahead and get there and get to work on it. And I'm eager for this year to close out so he can he can make that clean break. And settle into some sort of semblance normalcy. of normalcy. Right, yes. yeah. right. Not be everybody's first call when they need a fill-in and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think he did an admirable job all year long uh, in all the things that he was asked to do. Uh, and so, anyways, I, you know, I certainly. I'm glad to hear all this. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad to hear it because I was curious myself. I did, I just yeah. I know how much I know how important Josh is to you, and vice versa. Yeah. And so, just you know, y'all are good for sure. Um, I talked to Sandman. He's a, he's wide open. <laughs> he's so pumped up. He's living his best life. Um, and I'm just hoping that you know we can keep his mind right so when he goes to Phoenix, he doesn't get over excited and overdo it right we see him in those big moments at times early in the season and even even move even recently you know sort of get over 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 his skis a bit um now he didn't do it at homestead and he's not done it over the last couple of weeks so um pretty pretty impressed and hopefully he'll continue that can i tell you something funny yeah right before we came in here uh beth swanson who's his PR girl, mm-hmm. um, and she does a fantastic job. She shows me. She goes, "Hey, look at this." Before the season started, okay, back when you know Sam Mayer had not won a race, and Sam Mayer was you know struggling just to keep it on the track. You know your graphics guy, Ryan Williams. Yeah, Ryan Williams signs a contract with Beth, and it has signatures witness saying, "If Sam Mayer were to win a championship, I'll tattoo his name anywhere on my body." Wow, right? And so she goes. It's been sitting here all year long, and all of a sudden, Sam Mayer comes out, and he's a he's legitimate contender now, right? And you know, Ryan Williams, you think you get nervous, and that you don't, you know, there's nobody in the planet that can handle pressure less than Ryan Williams. Just yeah. the thought of it, he's got a. It's almost like that Office episode with the Nard Dog. He, if Sam wins a championship, he might have to get a tattoo of Sam's name on it. <laughs> he might he will he will right yeah. you got to hold him to that don't you i think so i think so contract. anyways i that's what i feel it's a contract <laughs> it's legal legally binding yeah anyways i thought you'd think that's funny because you'd have to know ryan williams our graphics guy but the guy uh, is a ball of anxiety all the time <laughs> fantastic graphic designer nervous all the time yeah. <laughs> and now he can have a tattoo if sam can pull this championship off and now Everybody listening has a real reason to pull for Sam in the championship. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, uh, awesome race Sunday. I had a lot of fun up there in the booth. Don't know what the fans thought about it, but it seems like everybody was pretty entertained by both the Xfinity truck and the cup race Yeah, uh, at Homestead. Great crowd. Uh, I was nervous. The The Xfinity crowd was not great. Um, looking up there during you know during the day, I didn't. I was a little bit nervous for Sunday because the Xfinity crowd was pretty thin. Cup Sunday crowd, I was happy with. You mm. know, we had fans you know from one end of the track to the other. Certainly, a couple empty seats, but man, it was a pretty solid day. Um, obviously, Larson goes into this race as the favorite. We emphasized the high line. Felt like we did a good job on our action adventure before. Uh, after we uh, got the engines cranked, me and Jeff Burton worked on that a little bit. Felt like it came off well. 
the track house uh oh the interview when you interviewed uh yeah pitbull yeah so (laughs) dolly yeah so pitbull right he's got this thing he says dolly and it's the same spelling as my name and so when he comes into the sport with track house i'm starting to see this in my timeline right people are like man you got you dale jr and you you got to get to uh we got to get y'all on the same page man this is too this is too too convenient and so we're standing there on pit road and a lot's going on right and I can hear program in my ear. I can hear our show. And I did not pay attention really well because they're coming to us and I'm not listening. And um, finally, our producer's like, uh, Junior, Junior, go ahead, go ahead. Start the interview with with with, uh, with Pitbull. With Pitbull, yeah. So I'm standing there and I'm actually talking to uh, Daniel. Okay. So Daniel's at the car, right? Every Pitbull just walked up like seconds ago. Okay. And so Daniel's like, hey, man, what's up, man? How you doing? Daniel's wanting to say hey. And I'm like, hey, Daniel, how you doing, man? We're sitting there having a conversation. <laughs> and in my ear, they're going, all right, man, start the interview. Start the interview. We're, we're, we're coming to you right now, right now. And I'm like, oh, all right. And Bye, I Daniel. literally <laughs> had to just stop talking to Daniel, turn, start, you know, flip myself on air because we got to switch on our hip. Put myself on air. And I'm like, oh, we're down here with Pitbull and we're getting ready to get this race started. Um, and so he... Uh, he says that catchphrase, right? And I mean, I, I, I'm not 100% sure exactly what that means other than I think it's, hey, let's have a good time or things are great or it's just, a, it's just an expression of joy and, and we're going we're gonna to rule, we're gonna, we're gonna rule the day. Yeah. Um, at least that's what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. When he it's, says it. Says it's it's it his thing. Makes me happy. Right. right. When I hear it. And so he says it. And I'm like, oh, I got to say it. He won't say it. He's asking me to say it. Well, he's asking Burton, too. He's asking Burton. Burton, if you think you I know. Yeah. Burton. So I'm like, oh, I'll say it. He ain't going to say it. I'll say it. Right. (laughs) I've been waiting to say it. And so here we are. I'm a a pit bull. I'm finally going to get to say it, right? And so it's just a really funny moment. And Burton cannot hear. Oh, and so he, it's not that Burton was ignoring him, okay. which I was should have leave. I should leave that narrative alone. Um, but Burton couldn't hear, and when he was asking him to say it, I'm like, "Come on, Burton, say it!" Damn, you know. Right. In my mind, I'm like, "Right, let's go, Burton." Because if you didn't, if you felt like you weren't 100 percent sure what it meant, Burton acted like he didn't even know anything about this. Yeah. And so that's it didn't seem like he was ignoring him. It seemed like he was completely clueless about what was going on. Yeah. But you're saying he couldn't even hear it. I don't think he heard. All right. Well, you jumped and, in and saved everybody. And I don't think he wanted to say it. And he didn't want to say Because he didn't know what it was. What the hell are you talking about? Do right. You know, it means go ahead, do it, go for it. Go for it. That's what's up. Dolly. Dolly. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I want to say this. So Pitbull is... You know, I mean, it's obvious. You, you watched the interview. He's he is. Uh, what you see is what you get. Flamboyant, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Um, and I was, you know, when it comes to celebrities, you know, you kind of you're a little you're a little guarded. You'd, sometimes you're like, man, I, you know, I just want them to have some sense of. I just want to have them just a just a touch of genuine in them, right? I want right. to really, uh, you know, when you meet somebody, even in a very very brief moment, you want to see a human being. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so absolutely, he is full on genuine, 
And so that was awesome. I wanted to go straight to the bar. And oh like, wow! Yeah, yeah I there wanted to get drinks. I wanted to get drinks with old uh, Pitbull. Yeah, with Pitbull. Golly, yeah, yeah. I um, I thought that the um, you know, the race kind of played out like I expected. I was uh, we we talked a lot about the high line and look, man, it's it's definitely it definitely was important. But I learned in the Xfinity race that that wasn't really the only place to go find speed, and a lot of people use mm. the bottom of the racetrack and. Um, I, that old racetrack man is getting more and more worn out where that top is not quite the advantage for everybody that it used to be, which is kind of nice. Some cars can find amazing speed up there. Um, the 12, uh, Brad Keselowski, a couple cars ran up there with, you know, all day and made it work. But a lot of people had to run the bottom or the middle and, and did good times there. Um, so it was a fun race. Uh, Larson's issue on pit road, you know, he, he said it in his interview. I, I shouldn't have charged in there that hard. I probably was trying to get too much. It wasn't necessary for me to be that aggressive. Um, I agree. You know, I think Ryan was on the conservative side while Larson was absolutely on the aggressive side. And that, you know, those, those two things, you know, created right. quite an issue. Um, Nobody was. I think they. You know, Larson was going to make pit road. You know, if the twelve's not there, I don't think Larson speeds through the first segment. Um, but it just. Uh, it was a bad circumstance. Cost Larson opportunity to try to win that race. Um, I think that it actually hurt Blaney's car a little bit. Blaney wasn't sure. He said so after the race that he didn't know about the damage. Didn't know if it affected his car that bad. Um, but it. Popped out the quarter panel, maybe, I don't know if it's an inch or two, but right behind the tire, the quarter panel sort of was sticking out. Mm -hmm. And that's catching air, pulling air into the underbody of the car. And I'm not sure if that's that was optimum. But anyway, um, Larson was out of the race, and uh, this opened the door for Christopher Bell, a guy that was literally about to go a lap down at one point in the race. The funniest part of the day they come over the radio and they're like, Christopher, we got to work hard to try to stay on the lead lap here. The leader was about three quarters of a straight away behind coming to the end of stage one or two. And Christopher Bell goes, okay, I'll start trying now. Right. I'm like, man, I know that feeling. You're like, anytime you're out there busting your ass and somebody comes over the radio and says, man, we got to work hard here. You're like, what the hell you think I've been doing? Right. You know, I'm not out here sitting, just cruising. And so, you know, it was, uh, and I will say that Home, Homestead has kind of now gotten to where it matches Darlington, in my mind, as a mental track, where it's a track that can get a driver very frustrated just driving around it, okay? Drivers get frustrated for a lot of different reasons. They get frustrated because they make a mistake or they the car is not handling right or whatever. But literally, there's only a, ra- a couple of racetracks that just frustrate you driving it. That's not to say it's not fun, but it's so slick and it's so hard to get a hold of and it's so hard to gain an advantage on the car in front of you. And it's Darlington has been like that as long as I've ever known it. It can spin out and and derail the most, you know, mentally tough individuals, right? It really puts you through the test. It'll have you arguing with your crew. It'll have you apologizing. Um, <laughs> trying to mend relationships. Yeah. All in the same 
all in the same sentence, yeah. really. Right, right, right. Um, and so Homestead's kind of got that way, and we heard a little bit of that from from Christopher Bell. I think uh, Truex almost retired at one point in the middle of the race. <laughs> Said, I'm done with this. Not doing this anymore. Um, it's just it that that place can really bring out the worst in you, right? Um, Which sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, like, that, that that's, makes Homestead – everything that we thought yeah. it would be and more i mean like that's what you want right yeah we want it to be challenging to the drivers and uh you want to have multiple lanes and you want to be able to make it hard and you want to be able to and it it uh, it humbled a lot of people it did i was shocked to see the 11 car go oh. into the wall uh we don't see a lot of failures or break or part failures i mean denny's car was working and handling perfectly yeah right or well enough uh, and he drives off into turn one, something snaps on the right front, and he goes straight into the wall. Um, and now, you know, right after that, Truex has got the engine issue. So this race ends, obviously, with Christopher Bell getting through, going into the playoff, going into the championship four. Um, but now we go to Martinsville with Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin, two guys that are great at Martinsville, at minus 17. Brian Blaney comes in to... Homestead at minus 17. And then he leaves at plus 10. So that's the blueprint for Truex and, and Hamlin. Right. They're not in a must-win situation, right? They just need to go to Martinsville, get stage points, finish in the top three at stage points, and finish in the top three in the race. They don't have to win. They got to be damn near perfect, though. Right. They, gotta, they can point their way in, yes. but they, they don't have to win. Right. Chris Buescher uh, had a bad day at Homestead. He's minus 43. I don't think he goes to Martinsville and, and gets it done. Well, he cannot point his way in. He has got to win if he were to make it. But, yeah. I, I don't mean, think he can do it. So, so uh, fair point. I know people I, are going to – what do you think, man? Can Buescher go to Martinsville and win? No. Nah. I don't think so. Anybody in here think so? No. There's not a lot of people here to think so. No. But that's that's <laughs> what, obviously when Buescher ends up yeah. shocking the world. But uh, you're right. Well, if, if you were to do that, nobody's betting money yeah. on that. Um, Tyler Reddick's at minus 10. He's not awesome at Martinsville. He's vulnerable. Blaney is pretty good at uh, at Martinsville. I think he runs pretty good there, and he's sitting in a good position at plus 10. My pick for the championships looking pretty good here, Mike. It's annoying. I'm not going to really? lie. Really? It's a little annoying huh. because all year, like, Blaney had no, showing no signs of being championship caliber, and yet here he is, yeah. which is why you do these play- – these, this playoff just got just knocked on its head right now but yeah. with what happened to Denny and Martin not – having any sort of success in the playoff but I here think, we are i think at my i think of my four <laughs> how many are you i didn't. think i've got i think i've got i didn't have christopher bell going through i didn't have larson going you got through. three or four people i'm sure i had nope i had byron blaney truex hamlin i believe okay. and so yeah so damn it um well i think i'll get two either way <laughs> and blaney dude if he goes to phoenix and wins a title i mean what do i get right i should get something well i should win something mike i know you feel that way and you know what everybody is well aware that you did pick blaney you were the only one you everyone i was listening to other podcasts if your champion pick wins the championship you're going to expect something in return it's not just that you picked it it's that and this is the annoying part and he hasn't won a championship so i should i should i should save this for if he does but what's annoying is that you stuck with him that's the part that's, that's annoying. annoying. Yes, you stuck that with him. That should be you stuck with him even honorable. when you know, Yeah, I know it is. That's why it's annoying. It's this is good for you. It's annoying for me. Is that 
even when we baited you into going, yeah, Blaney, you know, you want to think about that pick again? You could change it. And you're like, nope, I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm like, oh, this is where we you're have looking at a Dale's guy. Gonna not, Blaney's not even going to make the top 12. You're and, looking at a guy that's, is. A, that's a Commanders fan, Mike. Think of all the things that have happened to the Washington football team over the year since, since 1991. Think nah. of all the things. And I'm still a fan. Other than what, not really winning Super Bowls, I don't know much about the Washington Commanders enough to know about well, all the things that that's two happened. Two name changes in the last three years. This, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're a, sticking with them. We haven't won okay. a Super Bowl since now. So you're the stick with them guy. Yeah. I got you. I Listen, am loyal. good for you. I'm, I'm giving you kudos so far. You've got your guy. He's sitting there 10 points to I'm, the good. I'm going loyal, into man. The, You've got to do some pretty bad shit for me to drop you. Oh, uh, oh is that yeah. it? <laughs> you got to do something pretty you're bad. You're Mr. Loyalty. I give you... I'll give you a lot of breaks. Listen, if we could get back to the race <laughs> and get back to the points, I let's talk about Denny for a second. Denny. I mean, I, I, I'm literally... Denny got hard. called a hack. Blaney called him a hack after the race. He did? Well, he was racing. Come on, Mike. Oh, they did. Yeah, they had their they issue. Got a little, right. yeah, they raced they a little harder. That's right. That's right. I almost wore my Actions Detrimental shirt today, but I'm, 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 I didn't want team blaney to think that i was jumping off the bandwagon to championship mm. bandwagon i'm still team blaney yeah your loyalty would have been yeah, questioned it would have yeah. i didn't want to get i don't want them to question my loyalty so i did not wear i decided to wear this amazing bright white filter time sweater <laughs> instead just so we know where your loyalty is yeah. it's with the air filters yes but <laughs> it's no question time. about it that's right well uh di- I, I don't know what, what do you exactly want to say broke. about I, I don't know what exactly broke but man it that just i i've I was so dejected for that because that's a car that, you know, could win that race. And Denny, obviously, it's well documented that uh, he is without a championship. And this is a year that you feel like he's in contending. And now he goes into Martinsville 17 points down, racing his teammate Martin Truex, hit the the, the car he owns, um, and Tyler Reddick. And then uh, it's going to make Martinsville a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know. Martinsville been taking a little bit of a hit with the new car and its raceability at Martinsville on the short tracks, but at least we get, we got something here with uh, with the points battle going into Phoenix. So yeah, I nothing against Truex or Larson, uh, but you know they are the only two of the eight that have ever won a championship. I love the idea of a new champion. Amen to that. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. When if we're if you're thinking about trying, I don't know. This is probably. This is probably not true, but if in my mind, if you're trying to drive the sport forward and introduce um, new fans to it, that you know, first-time champion feel and that the emotion that that person will show, right in that moment, um, they had this reel that they showed uh, during or before our race of Chase and Larson, uh, the most recent champions, right at Phoenix and the. In car audio, uh, their their you know the their expression of joy and elation right after crossing the finish line, and it's perfect yeah. in terms of sh- summing up the, uh, the 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 size of the moment, the, you know, and how big it is. And so to have a Blaney Christopher Bell or or a William Byron or a Reddick do that oh man they're gonna back they're gonna cut backflips man it's gonna be insane to see i love that's one thing that i've enjoyed about this year is that post-victory emotion um that we've been seeing from some of the drivers uh this year that's kind of the best part about the day for me 
but anyways, we'll we'll uh, I'm looking forward to Martinsville, man. I mean, I know look the short tracks this year. Good grief, they have been a snooze fest. Follow the leader, can't pass. Right. Uh, NASCAR's got their hands full trying to figure out how to make that better. Um, and Martinsville could potentially be uh, much of the same. Um, and we've documented well on this show all of the reasons why we feel like that the car races the way it does at the short tracks. But I'm hoping that with so much at stake, that that will create some fireworks. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it has to. It has to. It right. has to. Right. So we've got, you know, we've got, you know, we had last year the 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 hail melon or whatever you want to call it. I saw that somebody posted on social media. Get ready this week to see this move, countless times being being promoted. Oh, uh, promote it, yeah. Uh, right. Used in promotion for the event that is now illegal that no one can do. And right, use, right, right. This is really <laughs> comical. Comical and probably true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, um, you know, they you know they don't want you to tune in for the crashes, but that's going to be in the promo reel. You better of, believe it. Oh yeah. That's right. Anyways, I I don't think we're see, we won't see that. That's for sure. But we certainly should see some, you know, some fireworks and. You know, some drivers maybe not so happy after the race getting out and talking about it. And always, I mean, I think pit road, post-race at Martinsville, there's more sound bites there than there's ever been at any racetrack in the last 10 years. So we're guaranteed the, the, the percentages are good, Mike. Good interviews. Yes. <laughs> good. All right, it's time for the white flag. Um, the car tour race this weekend, Butterbean Queen. Brendan Butterbean Queen won the cars tour race at Tri-County Speedway. Dominated. Um, he and Carson Quapple, our driver at Junior Motorsports, are going to battle it out for the championship. November the 4th at Caraway, the final race of the year. Uh, looking forward to that one. I tuned in and watched the, uh, the cars tour race at Tri-County on flow. And um, we'll have a little more conversation about that on Thursday, I believe. But uh, Dirty Mo Media, you got to listen to Door Bumper Clear and Action's Detrimental. It's out now. Wonder what Denny has to say about Ryan Blaney's opinion of his driving on Sunday. Uh, Dirty Mo Doe is back as well on Thursday. As the season winds down, Steve Russell and Chopper, they're going to be pre- previewing the best bets for the upcoming race here at Martinsville. And we'll be back tomorrow with, I said, uh, guest Austin Hill in the house. I can't wait to learn about Austin and his path to uh, to where he is today in the Xfinity Series trying to race, race for his first championship. So, hope you had a great uh, weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>